Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's July 10th, 1909. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Oklahoma brothers Bud and Temple Abernathy were accomplished horse riders, experienced outdoorsmen, and sons of the legendary Wild West wolf catcher Jack Abernathy. So when I tell you that today in history in 1909 they set out on a 500-mile trek with only their ponies for company, your response may be, big whoop. I should clarify then that Bud and Temple Abernathy were nine and five years old. And as they got underway on this trip, it feels like on one hand they were kind of sufficiently prepared, but in other ways like massively underprepared. Because according to a report in Lawton's Daily News Republican, the boys were equipped with canteens and haversacks carrying water and lunch. So that's the bit where I'm like, okay, that seems like not enough food to make this massive trek that (laughs) you are setting out on. But on the other hand, they were wearing summer duck suits, so that's, uh, you know, they were naturally uh, presented, and hel- a helmet form of headgear, which seems entirely sensible considering their age, particularly in the case of Temple, who's only five years old. You would want to put something like a helmet on his head. It is absolutely staggering, this story. I know that children were different a hundred years ago, especially in the West of America. You know, there were kids who were working in factories. It was not uncommon for children to die through various diseases. In this particular area, um, you know, Oklahoma, there was a sense of, obviously, you know, the freedom of of letting your children work the homestead. However, five years old. I I mean, if you want to see how standards of life have changed over a century in one story, you can't do much better than this. I mean, today they would be picked up by child protective services and their dad would be jailed for abuse. Then, as you say, it was reported in the newspapers as a lark. Oh, look, this five-year-old's going to trek from Oklahoma to New Mexico on a horse by himself with his brother who's three years older. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah, just to put it into context, Temple was so small that he had to have a little tree stump so he could get on and off his horse, which was a half Shetland (laughs) pony, so it was even closer to the ground for him. He wouldn't have been able to mount and dismount by himself. But to just get to where they were going and why they were going there, supposedly it was their own idea to ride alone from the family's farm, which was in Oklahoma in a town called Frederick, 500 miles away to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and they wanted to visit the new governor of the state, George Curry, who was a family friend. Uh, Some accounts suggest that it was their father Jack's own idea, which actually would check out. He was a legend of the Wild West. He survived his first gunfight while working as a saloon pianist at the age of six, <laughs> became a cowboy age nine. So to him, I guess to have his sons come up and say, let's go on a 500-mile ride across the state, he's like, oh, yeah. only that? You know, but his real talent had been leaping onto wolves from horseback, wrestling them into submission, and then binding their limbs and jaws. And through this, he had developed a friendship with Theodore Roosevelt, who wrote, this beats anything I've seen in my life, and I have seen a good deal. Just on that, by the way, his technique for subduing the creatures that he (laughs) would, you know, bring under his control was to shove his hand down their throats. In their mouth. I was like, that's the bitey bit. That's the bit you're trying to avoid. That's the... 
you know, we've all seen like the crocodile hunter, you know, jumping on the back and grabbing the jaws so that they can't snap you, not like shoving your fist in their face. <laughs> it seems entirely Karen, you wrong. You are lacking a frontier spirit. I suppose I am. Just you stick to podcasting. You haven't got wolf catcher in you. I don't. Whereas Teddy Roosevelt was so awed by it. I mean, he'd, he'd gone specifically to hang out with Jack Abernathy and learn this technique. That's what he wanted to learn how to do capture wild wolves. <laughs> he saw him shoving his hand down his throat and thought, I think I'll just try and be president instead. Yeah, it's not, I'm also not too many wild wolves, really, in Washington, I shouldn't think. Um, but Jack Abernathy, yeah, had been the youngest ever US Marshal, obviously had, as you said, this frontier spirit himself. But even so, you know, when your kids come to you and ask, can we track across to New Mexico, if we take it at face value that it was their idea, and they did long live long enough to write autobiographies, etc., in which they did continue to maintain it was their idea, you know, into their adulthood... You'd still think you'd have doubts. And the obvious question is, where's the mother? The mother was dead. Mm. And I do think that's a really... I know it was a different time, but I do think, had their mother been alive, had any woman been in the house, (laughs) they might have said, absolutely not. And the trip was far from idyllic as well. You know, at one point, Temple sprained both ankles trying to dismount again from his much too large pony. He got sick from drinking contaminated water. And several times they were saved by really lucky encounters with kind strangers who would give them food or water when they'd run out, which, you know, made for a good story. But also if those people hadn't been there, it would have been an incredibly sad story. And one night they were surrounded by a pack of wolves as they slept and Bud spent the night scaring them off with blasts from his shotgun while his younger brother slept. Yeah, and some of the people that were looking after their welfare were not people that you would necessarily entrust with the safekeeping of your young children. Uh, There was one night where it turned out they didn't realise this. The grown-ups that were looking out for their safety were, in fact, a gang of outlaws who would not have uh, taken a very kindly attitude to their dad had he been the one that was uh, romping through the prairies. Yeah, a note turned up at the family home, scrawled on brown paper with a lead-tipped bullet and it was signed with the initials of a cattle rustler that Jack Abernathy had tangled with in the past and the note said I don't like one hair on your head but I do like the stuff that is in these kids we shadowed them through the worst part of New Mexico to see that they were not harmed by shepherders mean men or animals I mean most parents would be horrified but Jack was very charmed by this yeah yeah he apparently said it just goes to show you that there's good in all men he'd have killed me at the drop of a hat but he was honorable to protect my innocent boys and I think there is a sense that you know, for all of the potential good that this trip that his boys were doing offered him by way of, you know, basking in reflected glory, he did at various points have his eye on their safety. For example, he'd instructed the boys to check in with sheriff's officers in each county as they went. That didn't account necessarily for the fact that they were spending, you know, nights in deserts with wolves closing in on them, having to fire shotguns to keep them at bay. But at the same time, Jack had prepared them, at least in a rudimentary way. And perhaps the point was, you know, this is the thing that you do to become Become an adult. This is how you grow up. <laughs> it's like a gap year <laughs> when you're five. Um, well, it went so well that they then the next year did a trip from Guthrie, Oklahoma, to New York. <laughs> they went to New York City. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, I know that the rural West is scary, but going into urban environments on a pony is also mental. Um, it was a 2,000-mile journey east, but what happened in this case was there were a lot of publicity elements clearly in place mm. by this trip. For one thing, the whole journey was being covered by national newspapers, you know, the Washington Post, New York Times. So um, 
every town they went to, there were reporters ready to meet them and interview them, but also people ready to give them lodgings. So they were welcomed into homes. They weren't camping in the desert, actually, on their second trip. They were staying with people and doing a sort of press trip everywhere they went. They got to tour a zoo. They got to drive a train at one point. (laughs) Oh, so safe. (laughs) They got woken up so they could see Halley's Comet blaze overhead. Yeah, the boys had timed the trip, although I do suspect the hand of Jack Abernathy in this. It was time to greet Roosevelt when he returned from his much-publicised visit to Africa and Europe. And so the idea was that they would turn up and they would get to meet their hero and also their father's hero. And the whole time newspapers were tracking what they called the boy horsemen as they went across the country. So as you say, they were met with a glorious reception everywhere they went. But again, there were setbacks and dangers. One of the horses, Geronimo, went lame and had to be replaced with a new mount. Bud's leg was injured in a fall. Temple got sick with a bronchial infection while they were riding through New Jersey. So even with all, you know, this extra glitz and glamour in place, once again, you know, they were boys. They were, you know, nine and six at this point still. So, you know, even with all the best will in the world, they did encounter a lot of dangers. Yeah, there was one account that noted at least how well received they were being by the people who they came upon as they rode into the various towns that they uh, crossed on their way to New York. It said, kids envied them, women adored them, grown men pulled hair from their horses' tails to keep as souvenirs. (laughs) Maybe that's what did for Geronimo, (laughs) Loss (laughs) uh, loss of hair and skin. But the good times continued as they got to New York. You know, they did a ticker tape parade with uh, Roosevelt, who (laughs) at one point uh, leapt from the carriage that was carrying him and approached the boys with this large teddy bear adorned with flags from all around the world. And he said, here, Temple, this is for you. So they had these encounters with you know, people high and low who really were receiving them as if they were the celebrities. And when the time came for them to return to Oklahoma, they this time went via car. And when I read that, I was like, oh, good, they needed a rest at this point. But no, (laughs) they drove the car themselves. Come on, don't be ridiculous. They didn't both drive the car, Rebecca, only the 10-year-old. Yes, that would have been irresponsible and he probably couldn't reach the pedals. So Jack had met them in New York City and he had planned for them all to take the train home, but the boys suggested going by car. So he gave them, and this f***ing guy, every single thing is a test of character. It makes me, you know, Arrested Development and that's why you leave a note. They said, hey, why don't we go by car? That's the cool new thing. He gave them one day to find a car that they could drive themselves Bud then took an afternoon of driving lessons and then drove the 2,500-mile return journey. Meanwhile, Jack brought a car for himself and then hired a driver to take him back to Oklahoma. (laughs) I think there was some PR machinations behind the scenes because it was very clear in all the reporting that it was a brush motor car that they'd both selected, father and sons. Mm. Um, And then the the image, the likeness of the two boys featured in advertising for brush motors for some years afterwards, so... A car so simple, your nine-year-old can drive it. (laughs) Tomorrow. End with this fairly beautiful statement of acceptance after you've got through all the smart. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.